Welcome back to Booze and Buffy. This is going to be a very special episode, guys, because we are um, not technically going to be talking about Buffy. I'm sure it'll come up. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, I already know like at least one place where it's going to come up. But uh, we are actually uh, recording this episode on March 24th, 2020. Mm-hmm. And uh, that means that we are right in the middle, hopefully the middle, and mm-hmm. not like the very beginning, but we are uh, we are currently undergoing in in the middle of the uh, coronavirus COVID nineteen pandemic, and uh, we uh, so we've kind of like put a halt to like the rest of the world. We put a halt to a lot of our stuff. Mm-hmm. But uh, I had the idea, and Harrison thought it sounded pretty cool too. That we just like kind of you know check in with you guys and not specifically talk about Buffy, but just kind of talk about like how we're feeling during this and what we're doing during this because like when isolation is being promoted you feel lonely yeah so we're like we just wanted you all to know that we're still here and we've got about like six feet of table in between us yep. <laughs> so we're, we're good but anyway uh i'm jason and I'm... Oh, sorry, were you going to do a bit? No, I wasn't. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we have zero structure for this episode, BTW. <laughs> As opposed to our normal one okay. percent of structure. You know what? How about, uh, I'm Jason, and I think my hands have gotten super, super dry from washing them so damn much. Mm-hmm. And I'm Harrison, and my hands are also super dry from excessive masturbation. Moisturize that man. Moisturize that man. <laughs> All right, play um, some intro music. <laughs> Booze and Buffy. So this was originally going to be our quest for Camelot bonus episode. <laughs> um, uh, we're going to table that for now. Um, it is going to happen, though. Yes. For all of you who are like <laughs> dying for that quest for Camelot episode, just like. Good things come to those who wait. Yeah. Um, in addition to this, the COVID-19 stuff, there's also just been personal life stuff for both Jason and I that have made it a little more difficult to um, to commit to a full entire movie. Yeah, um, and um, for those of you who are listening to this, and it's like, after this thing is blown over, God damn it, we wish we were you right now. <laughs> so be happy where you are. Maybe. Unless... They're living in like the next bad thing. It's That's totally true. Worse. Like, you know, like the funny thing is, like, I feel like as Americans, we um, we're kind of used to like always hearing bad news because honestly, ever since like the twenty sixteen election, every day has been we. I think we've become desensitized. Like, oh yeah, the world's on fire. It's right. always fucking on fire. Yep. <laughs> You know what? Before we get into all that, Harrison, what are we drinking today? Uh, we are drinking vodka cranberries. Um, John's been on a big vodka, vodka cranberry kick recently. Dude, that's like probably my favorite drink to order uh, at a bar. I knew, I knew you'd be excited. Um, I, I don't know. No reason. Just like he just keeps buying more vodka and more cranberry juice. And I'm fine with it. Yeah, dude. But, um, but we don't. I'm down with that sickness. We're not typically a vodka household. Your like gin household. Gin and bourbon yeah. are what we typically have. But, you know, we, we do like to mix it up. Mm-hmm. Um, and vodka has been what we've had recently. Um, yeah. Although we do have gin. Um, but I haven't ran out of tonic water last night. So I can't have my G&T. I love my G&T. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, we can do a toast. Yeah. Um, you know, for the sake of social distancing, we'll clink our glasses, uh, but we are holding them up. Uh, 
Sure. Um, yeah, I think you did one. For, I don't. I don't even know who did it last time. Um, here's to uh, washing your hands and masturbating excessively. Cheers. Hey, fucking man. I don't know if many <laughs> people can hear that, but I'll find out when I edit. Love, <laughs> love, love vodka cranberries. Mm-hmm. This vodka we've got is pretty good. Um, I its label is turned away from me, but it's. Oh, (laughs) I thought this was a different vodka. There was, um, uh, there was a vodka that John bought the other day that was, it's probably in our recycling over there, but it was like cheaper vodka, but like slightly better than normal cheap vodka. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, and we've also got some Irish whiskey over there. Nice. From St. Patrick's Day. I was, um, I was happy to discover like, uh, when I was moving to my house, um, of course I had to like move all my hooch as well. And, uh. I have like half a bottle of Jameson left. Nice. So I'm like, yes. <laughs> By the way, that's like a new development for me. Um, I think I'd like probably mentioned it in, in some episodes before that uh, I was house shopping and uh, now. You went to the house store. Yes. I had them deliver it on like those <laughs> trucks that you see driving whole houses. Oh my god. <laughs> Those used to freak me the fuck out when I was a kid. It, like, oh god, no! It freaks me the fuck out when I'm behind one of them. Oh, like, yeah. no, no, other lane. <laughs> um, but uh, no, but like, uh, yeah. So actually, just this past uh, Saturday and Sunday, I got to finally move all my stuff into my house, and uh, now I am in my like self isolation. Uh, I have plenty of stuff to do because <laughs> I'm like living in a very large box fort right now nice. that happens to be in a building called a house. Um, that is very, very exciting for you, Jason. Thank I'm you. excited to see the house. I've not seen it yet. Um, we should record like another, we should record an episode there. I would love that. Yeah. Um, I, I would say... I'll wait like, till you're like moved in. No, and no, no, I would <laughs> say like, uh, I can let you know like, cause, uh, so there's this really funny story and I don't know if I've told it on here yet, but, um, when Harrison moved into the apartment that he had before where he currently lives, um, he, uh, like one night, uh, we were both in a show together and one night after the show, after our rehearsal, um, we went, uh, oh my God. he's like, Hey, do you want to hang out over at, uh, over at my house, over at my apartment? And I'm like, yeah, sure. So we went over there and like all of it, he had just moved in. So like all of his books and movies were like in boxes or on the floor. And so we actually had like an organizing and alphabetizing party. It was so much fun. No, <laughs> and, like I was just thinking, like you know, I have like boxes of books. If you like wanted to come over, you get to see the house and help me like organize my books. I mean, listen, what's fair is fair. <laughs> I mean, technically, like we'd have to stay like six feet apart at all times, but it's it's a fairly big room where I'm having like the books, but. Are you, have you seen this thing where people are like reorganizing their bookshelves to be by color? That would drive me insane. Thank you. I mean, it, yes, it is no, lovely no, to behold, yeah, no, but, but I'm sure it's aesthetically how pleasing. Can you find the book you want. Exactly. Like, I feel like people who are doing that probably don't like venture to their bookshelves too often. I feel like, okay, if, I mean, <laughs> if I'm like directly attacking you, I'm sorry, but that is the only way I can think of to get with that madness. And, um, but yeah, so. After all those tangents, this is just going to be an episode of tangents. Um, that's what we should title this. An episode of tangents. Yes. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so uh, one thing I wanted to do in this episode is like, uh, 
I know that there's a lot of like confusion and just trying to grapple with this completely surreal situation because I feel like for the majority of the people listening, definitely for us, this is like something that we've never experienced mm-hmm. before. Like, I mean, yeah, there have been sicknesses. Like, I remember like the news stories about the swine flu mm-hmm. and everything, but there wasn't like the turtle massive, flu. The turtle flu, yeah. I'm turtle flu. But there was um, there weren't like massive closings. Yeah. And, like self quarantines and stuff and uh so yeah i just um i just kind of like wanted us to share our feelings about that because as i was telling harrison like you can go through life um thinking that like oh am i the only person that thinks this way um that has this certain thought but then like you see somebody post on facebook like Oh, have you guys ever had the feeling of like da 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 da? And then you're like, oh my god, I had the exact feeling. I'm not alone. <laughs> I wanted to do something kind of like that. Yeah. And I just want to say, and I've mentioned it before, um, the few things in horror that actually can scare me are biological um, stuff, like uh, bot, like um, realistic body horror mm-hmm. and um, diseases. I'm pretty sure I mentioned outbreak, yep. um, among other things. So, um, I'm not exactly, I'm not exactly panicking, but, um, I feel like I'm having many tiny panic attacks, Mm -hmm. like, internally, and, uh, somebody, like, posted this meme, like, I'm, and I don't remember what it was referencing, but they said, like, I don't know, on what scale should I be worried, to not at all, or absolutely horrified, and while that is a joke, it also is kind of where I'm at, Mm -hmm. like, because... A lot of my daily life hasn't changed, um, but at the same time, I'm still like going to Kroger and seeing bare shelves. Yeah, and that like that was kind of like something that freaked me out at first because I'm like, I it, it always just kind of seemed like so far away, but then here it is right there. Funny story though, um, last night I was uh, putting stuff into the master bath. Of my uh, of my house, and when I opened up one of the drawers, I found like um, and like six unused rolls of toilet paper. <laughs> so I'm like, holy shit! I just struck gold. That was what like fifty thousand dollars. I mean, they could be, <laughs> but no. Like, so I had like I cur- like before then I had like I had taken stock. And I had like six rolls of toilet paper, and I'm sorry, this is TMI, but. Um, it normally takes me like at at the very least two weeks to go through a roll of toilet paper on my own so like oh i feel like i should be good for like at least like a month a month and a half now i'm like now i'm set for a while <laughs> man i can ride this thing out for a while we lucked out um uh before toilet paper was the commodity that it has become um John and Grace both accidentally I mean they did it on purpose but both purchased a, like a like a, a big thing of toilet paper um and like didn't know that the other had bought it we just like we, I love when that happens like uh when, when I was like those roommates that I discussed earlier like we would always try to like schedule like oh when you're supposed to buy toilet paper and uh, then, like, one time we'd gone a while without buying it. We were down, like, our last couple rolls and nobody had said anything. So I think, like, in that week, 
even in like the like two or three days, like all of us have gone out and bought like two to three giant things of toilet paper. So we were stocked for the rest of like the time that I was there. Very nice, very nice. Um, yeah, for me, you know, it's interesting. Um, one of the things that's oddly comforting about all this is that we're all going through it. You yeah. know, um, I, I, John and I went through a period um, at the beginning of this year that was really difficult for us, um, where um, John's uh, the place he was working uh, closed and he was laid off, and that was, you know, there was there was such a, a smaller scale problem. That was just happening to the two of us. I mean, not just the two of us. There were other people, obviously, that he worked with who were going through the same thing. But it was, you know, I felt, and I, I think he felt as well, that we were kind of isolated. You know, something that was happening to us, um, and people could could sympathize, but they can't relate. Yeah, they, you know, at the end of the day, as as nice as people were, they weren't going through what we were going. They could you know, talk to us and empathize and be kind, but then they got to leave the situation mm -hmm. and we were stuck in it. Um, and it was short term. John found a new job and, um, you know, uh, and then of course now this is happening, but in a weird way, because we're, it's all happening to everyone. Yeah. Everyone is affected. It, it almost comforts me in a way. I don't it feel... Also, I will, I will yeah. say like a lot of our friends... Um, both mutual and like probably like friends that like the other has the other one doesn't. No. Um, we know a lot of artists, a lot of people who um, like do theater or uh, music, and they have like um, they basically kind of like survived on part time jobs while they did like their art. Mm -hmm. And now like a lot of those jobs have been like cut off and yeah, yeah like so. Um, I had, like, one friend uh, who had, like, three different jobs and lost, like, all three of them mm -hmm. because of this. And she, like, uh, started, like, posting stuff online, like, hey, can you help me? Like, um, I'm, like, open to, like, help care for children. Like, I've been, I have teaching experience and everything. Because, like, that's another thing. Like, all the daycare is closing, too. Mm -hmm. Like, it's, it's so weird. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it is weird and it's, it's upsetting. And for me personally, um, it's been a pretty difficult. I got some, uh, pretty bad news yesterday that I'm not going to talk about here because there are other people that that news affects. Mm -hmm. Um, and I, I don't know when they'll be receiving that information. So, um, I don't want <laughs> I'm not gonna really. I, I would hate for them to be like. Um. So I heard on Harrison's podcast. Oh, <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, we got the hot gossip on here. Um, um. But yeah, it's 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 difficult and it sucks, and it's and then like um, yeah, and it's hard having to be stuck inside. You know, oh John and I've been no. so like, trying uh, to go for walks and stuff. It's but. very interesting. Um, seeing. Like, I have, like, I think my Facebook it might be 50-50 divided on super social people and anti-social people. <laughs> and the anti-social people you haven't really heard from, uh, 
Start thriving. Yeah, thriving. <laughs> but then, like, I see all these, like, um, super social people, some of which, like, Harrison and I have in common, and they are, like, doing all of these, like, posting videos, getting groups together, and, like, you can tell, like, they're doing this to keep sane. Yeah. And uh, I, like, I think the only thing I've done in that regard so far was... Um, and this was mostly to avoid like all the moving labors. <laughs> um, there was like one of those uh, uh, Instagram filters, like uh, you know, like which which of these are you? But I had like a oh, sing this song, whatever pops nice. up, and I saw this, that one. Yeah, this led me to singing like uh, "Party in the USA," "Milkshake." Um, all the small things by Blink One Eighty Two. But yeah, like it's. But no, they're like, and, and you know, like, I, there are some really cool things uh, that people are doing, both like famous celebrities and also like uh, local artists and mm-hmm. stuff. Like, they're, they're, um, a friend of ours, Valerie Cannon, has like a group where she has a, um, like, reaches out to the community and just like, hey, is there something cool you can do that yeah. you can teach from home or whatever? So, if you can, like, make a live video of it. I am thinking about, doing like a writing workshop or something um, which I think would be fun I think and that's like so one thing you have to do during this um, I say this as like an authority what you have to do Jason says one thing I recommend doing is like try to look for silver linings Mm -hmm. I know that there like don't seem to be many now but when you think about like when this is done like what art what music Mm -hmm. what books will come out of this Maybe even the winds of winter. <laughs> <laughs> I saw that. I was like, uh, "Well, fine, Martin. If it takes a goddamn pandemic for you to write a fucking book, so be it." Hey, just remember, he's not our bitch, and he's not a machine. Come on, man. Get, get agree. <laughs> yeah, that's okay. Sorry, I am gonna go on this tangent for a second because All right, do it, do as, it. as a writer, I recognize and I empathize with how, how hard writing is. And how you can get stuck, and it can be frustrating, and, you know, I, I get it, and I understand, and I sympathize with him, but god damn it, man, it's been, what, ten fucking years since Dance with Dragons came out? Uh, it came out in 20... 2013. So, write the fucking book. <laughs> I, I, like, I... I, I hate to... I, like be like you I don't I hate when people say to like authors or writers or creators like you have an obligation but you have an obligation <laughs> to finish the story hang on it might be 2011 I'm going to I think it's 2011 because I feel like it started like I think I feel like it was published like right before the show started or like right after the show started I think you're right uh, yeah it was 2011 oh. my bad <laughs> so I corrected myself um, I do, I will say though, I have a feeling that there will not be as long a wait between Winds of Winter and A Dream of, a Dream of Spring. I feel like the reason Winds of, Winds of Winter is taking so long is because it he is all involved. like, well, yes, the show, definitely. Yeah, he was involved with the show. But also just like, the hardest part of a story to write is right before the climax. Mm-hmm. where you have to make sure all of your pieces are where they need to be and your board is set and once the board is set everything else comes really naturally I feel like he will 
breeze through the final and, book. And like as complicated as the show might seem, the books are so much, so more, much more complicated. And like, yeah, I understand like juggling all those pieces yeah. can be crazy. But I do like to think that like this thought and that he's put into it will give us like a, a, a as good a book as we can get. I hope so. Um, uh, yeah, uh, another silver lining. Um, for those of you who uh, still have to go to work, um, like me, uh, like your essential services, uh, gas prices, at least in Kentucky, have never been <laughs> yeah. Like, I don't think, like, since I was a kid, they've been this low. I, so I have not, I mean, I've not driven my car in at least a week. How low are they right now? The lowest I've seen it, and I was able to get gas was like a dollar sixty-five a gallon. It's nice, nice, nice. It is nuts. I I do have to uh, tomorrow. I have to go and get um, get some stuff from my office. So I'm I'm interested to just see what the world looks like. I'm not gonna uh, lie. It's it's like somebody posted like pictures of um, downtown Louisville, like. Um, I-64 as it's going around like the mm-hmm. Muhammad Ali Center and uh, different streets that are like the busiest streets in Louisville. Um, They're posting that from last Saturday night and it was deserted. Wow. And you know, I think like the most surreal thing that I've seen so far is uh, uh, driving by the Jefferson Mall in the middle of the day and seeing like empty parking lots. Oh my gosh. Yeah, that. It, it freaks me out. <laughs> uh, this this all adds into like my little fears. Um, but yeah, I'm trying to like see the bright side and everything. Um, and uh, I don't know. Like, do you have any like suggestions for uh, like we have yeah. like suggestions for stuff that you can do? But, like, we're kind of just going like general. Like, I think for me, and I haven't done this yet because I've um, had a bit of structure that is changing. Um, but I think finding a structure to your yeah. day, um, I sat down today and I was like, I drafted out like a schedule for what my days will look like and being like, okay, this time is set aside for exercising and this side is set aside for doing household chores. Um, this is set aside for writing. Um, this is for reading. This is for playing video games and, um, sticking to it. Yeah. But also not sticking to it if you need to not stick to it you know what I mean like stick to it but if you're you know if you're sitting down because it is 1pm and 1pm to 2pm is reading time and you're just staring blankly at the page go do something else yeah and I I know that um, I think I've been Ben Gerhardt part of the show uh, friend of the pod. Friend of the pod. Uh, ooh, can we do that for now? Like, just friend of the pod? I yeah, like that. I'm really into that. Yeah. Um, he posted something like, uh, it's okay, like, if you are, like, a creative person, it's okay, like, because I know when you're, um, when you have this much time on your hands, you probably, like, build up some expectations, like, oh, I have this time, this is when I, like, write my opus. This yeah. is when I... It also doesn't have to be. Yeah. Like, if you want to pursue a project, go for it. If you want to, like, sit back and watch Netflix, go for yeah. it. Like, Whatever's going to be... 
something to refill you, yeah. to charge your batteries. Yeah. And um, now I'm like reminded of like one of the big things I wanted to say. Um, I made this post on Facebook, but um, now like lately, uh, especially with younger culture, it's very um, the the main way to communicate with people is like through texting or through Snapchat or instant messaging or whatever. I found it really helps, and I like discovered this when I called Harrison to like check in last week. I was um, drunk. <laughs> <laughs> he called me. It was like what Wednesday night something. Wednesday or Thursday night. And he called me, and I answered. I was like, "Hey," <laughs> and he was like, "Are you okay?" And I'm like, "I'm drunk." <laughs> and we had such a fun conversation. We did. Um, but uh, what I wanted to say was like, call like. These phones can actually act as phones, so like um, it can it can be a voice call if you want to like. Actually, I think uh, my trivia group is actually having a voice call, like a get together, like a or not a voice call, like a video call mm-hmm. hangout um, later tonight since we can't do trivia on yeah. Tuesday nights anymore. Um, or it can just be a phone call, um, like call your parents or call your friends. Um, and I know that like some people suffer from like anxiety on the phone, um, but if you are like kind of feeling alone, mm-hmm. um, a phone call to somebody definitely helps. It recharged me, and somebody tells me that like it'll recharge the person that you're mm-hmm. calling as well. Um, I think I literally was just sitting around doing nothing but drinking. <laughs> called me, so I was like, oh, something to do. Yeah, and like uh, I've been, I've been fortunate that uh, I've I've gone to very small gatherings. Mm-hmm. Um, my brother, uh, who is expecting a baby next month, um, we had a, a a diaper party for him. And for those of you who don't know what that is, it's like a bachelor party, but before you have a baby. Nice. And uh, like basically, it's a it's a guy hangout um, or whoever you want to invite, but you like bring that thing of diapers um, for the. Uh, for like the incoming baby. Oh, <laughs> uh, so not for like sex reasons. Correct. I, that's why I wanted to clarify what a diaper <laughs> party was. Um, but yeah, like so we got around. We like we talked. Like obviously we talked a lot about the virus. Um, uh, but we also talked about like just like random stuff, and uh, we played poker. Um, and then uh, the next day I moved, so I got to like. Even though there's a lot of strenuous work involved, I got to like, uh, I got to like talk with some people, and uh, and now like today, even though I, even though like I probably should be at my house, I came over uh, because I wanted to do this episode yeah. uh, for you, the listeners, and um, like I said, Harrison and I are maintaining a safe distance. <laughs> um, sorry, this is just like so left field, but going back to our quest for Camelot, yeah, uh, episode. <laughs> I, every time I think about Quest for Camelot and like, oh, like, let's plan our Quest for Camelot episode, first my brain goes, Galaxy Quest. And then I'm like, nope, that's wrong. Quest for Camelot. So, it's just totally right. I mean, totally you want to do a Galaxy Quest episode, that's one of my favorite movies. I'm also really into that. Even though it has like, little to no association with Buffy. Um, I'm sure we could... Time. Let's do a deep dive. Uh, Alan Rickman is British, and Giles is British, 
So therefore, I'm trying to think. Like I'm trying to think of like some of the supporting actors. Like if they ever appeared in a Buffy episode. The only thing that maybe, maybe Sam Rockwell. I know he was never in the show, but maybe he was in the movie, but I don't think so. Uh, I don't know. No. Just really, yeah, uh... Like, you know what? We'll, we'll really try, stretching it. We'll try to, like, find a reason to do a Galaxy Quest episode. Um, it's our podcast. We can do whatever the fuck we want. That's right. Like, we're doing whatever the fuck we want right now. I, I feel like I just had a... Uh, when I said fuck, I just really felt like uh, Maeve in like those first couple episodes of Westworld where like her only lines were you can be whoever the fuck you want to be <laughs> and then it's like episode four before she says something different so um... <laughs> I I also just wanted to um a bit of advice uh some more advice for myself but uh be careful about how much you drink <laughs> um, and like I found I've been drinking way too much and not like not like out of like stress or solace or anything like that i'm not like oh, i need a fucking drink it's more that i'm like just time has kind of gotten weird yeah. so i'm not even thinking about it i'm just like oh like it's saturday night i'll have a drink and john will be like it's wednesday morning <laughs> and i'm like no that can't be right <laughs> that is an exaggerated uh <laughs> version of the story but so um speaking of Westworld I think that's like a good transition into uh now for like the second part of this episode um I kind of wanted to like one Harrison and I can share like some of the stuff that we're doing to keep ourselves occupied during this uh during like this period of self-quarantine mm -hmm. and pandemic and um also uh we want to share with you like um some of our favorite things that you could do um because like we we talk about like favorite movies favorite tv shows favorite books like we make like side references to them but we never like just out and out tell you like oh hey totally do this mm -hmm. um so like currently what i've been doing is uh i i try to find time to read i um i am keeping up with like uh probably like the shows with the last new episodes that we're gonna have for a while <laughs> Uh, Westworld being one, I haven't watched the newest episode, but the premiere, so good. Mm. Um, and episode two, which I, I have watched, okay. is very good. Alright, um, uh, yeah, it's, um, for those who don't know what Westworld is, it's a, uh, um, it's based off of a Michael Crichton, uh, movie. Film, yeah. Yeah. He wrote the screenplay. Right, um, and I have seen that, it's actually... I have not, actually. Okay, um, I it's have... It's Brenner, right? Yes, I have the Blu-ray, so, like... I can lend it to you, awesome. or we can, like, self-quarantine together. We do a Westworld episode! <laughs> we but, really um, need to We really need to be careful about every time we go, oh, we should do a insert episode here. <laughs> so, like, uh, yeah, um, it's a, uh, it takes place um, in uh, the not-too-distant future, and uh, I can't, like, reveal too much, but, um, especially because, like, it just gets wild. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, but... Best. Is it? <laughs> Wow, wow, bless. Um, but the uh, it takes place in a theme park that is uh, themed around the Old West and uh, is populated by hosts, which are 
androids mm -hmm. that act and uh, respond like surprisingly like humans. Yeah. And uh, in the first episode, one of the robots begins to become self-aware. So that's all I'm gonna say about the overall plot. It's like, um, it's a very interesting view on a lot of different things, but like the nature of consciousness, mm -hmm. like it goes super deep. Yeah. And um, it's a show that requires you to pay a lot of attention. Yes, it's which, complex. Which is actually good for this time because like if you are like looking for something to occupy your mind, Westworld will keep your mind <laughs> occupied for a while. Yes. Like, and it, there's like tons of videos out there to like kind of help explain why some things are the way that they are. But no, like Westworld is, um, I think when it came out, uh, it was originally kind of like billed, it was trying to be billed as like, this is going to be um, HBO's replacement for Game of Thrones. Mm -hmm. Because uh, Game of Thrones, I think, had like recently announced like its end. Yeah, um, it had. I think Game of Thrones had like just like it aired right as season Westworld's first season started airing right as Game of Thrones' sixth season was ending. Yeah, and I that's, think they took a break. Yeah, and that's when they had announced that season eight was going to be the last yeah. one and it definitely i remember thinking when westworld started i was like oh here's their yeah here's their and, their post like, game of thrones I think, it, I think if you um if you try to say say that then like you think that it's going to be this big kind of blockbuster full of action thing and it, it does have that mm -hmm. it is like amazing production value yes like on par with game of thrones mm -hmm. um and it does have a lot of action in it but it's it's such a more cerebral show. Mm -hmm. It like takes a lot deeper dives, and that's like the that's the gold stuff. In yeah, that. and um, that show is also frequently just a goddamn like masterclass of acting. Yes. Um, so you've got Evan Rachel Woods, who is spectacular. Mm -hmm. um, Tandy Newton, who um, won an Emmy for her role on the show, and she. It's just so multifaceted. Um, Jeffrey Anthony Hopkins. Anthony Hopkins. Yeah, I was like, I was like, Anthony Hopkins is like, I was like, I know like Anthony Hopkins is the big name, but yeah. he's not even the first one I think of. Like Jeffrey Wright and Ed Harris, my boyfriend <laughs> James Marsden. Yeah, <sighs> <laughs> a sexy cowboy. <laughs> and um, also like a whole bunch of actors that you probably have never heard of before. Mm -hmm. um, and. Uh, one episode in particular that I wanted to point out focuses on um, Native Americans um, and how they have been depicted in this world. Not just in, like, because obviously uh, the first time you see the Native American characters, they're like the savage tribe or mm -hmm. whatever. Um, they very but, much fall into that stereotype yes, of, and, of a Western. Yeah, and the thing is, is that the show decides to tackle that stereotype mm -hmm. head on in my favorite episode of the series. And I'm not, I'm, I'm gonna just put it out there. One of my favorite episodes of television. Um, I, do, I, I, like, the, uh, <laughs> the title is, um... Hold on, I've got it. I've got yeah. the thing pulled up. It's, um... Oh, gosh. About to... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, I thought it would be more obvious just looking at the titles, and it's uh, it's not. Um, it's like episode eight, I think, of season two. Yes, it's um, Kiksuya. Yeah, and uh, I also love that um, if you're watching this on like HBO Now or Hulu, then um, it has like a little featurette at the end where they kind of like, it's like. 10 minutes or so, probably less. Yeah. Um, and they do die, and they do like um, just kind of like behind the scenes stuff. And that one really struck me because um, the actor who plays like the focus character of the episode talks about how, I mean, we always say like, oh, it's a tough market out there for, um, for black actors, for, uh, for female actors, for Asian actors. Mm-hmm. Um, but one thing I honestly never thought of and this is my white privilege showing through but uh wait you're white yeah huh spoiler alert interesting um but the uh native american actors yeah they are like and i honestly like i'm trying to think like well yeah because like just from like the way that they look for lack of a better phrase like immediately typecast them Mm -hmm. in something and they're so frequently um the villains in like the western yeah or uh if it's like uh if it's set in the modern day they own the, the casino yeah like that those are the stereotypes for for those actors um much like if you are middle eastern you pretty much just playing a terrorist yeah and it's really shitty but so that's kind of my recommendation for uh, drama mm-hmm. uh one that I'm like watching right now and um all the and like uh there are two seasons complete and the third season is currently running and I can assume that like the third season is completely done so oh, we will yeah. get those episodes on schedule um and luckily it takes them like three years to make a season yeah. so <laughs> um so yeah a lot of things have been put on hold uh yeah. but you should get like all of our season three episodes of Westworld yeah. and uh another thing that I um, for comedy wise, uh, I started watching Shit's Creek yes. on Netflix. Um, it is hilarious. It's like a it's like a little show that was on like what the Pop Network or mm-hmm. something like that. Like this network I'd never heard of, yeah. and I honestly hadn't heard of the show until um, it got like Emmy attention last yeah. year. Yeah, well, it kind of it kind of pulled a Breaking Bad. That it was. It was this little show on this little network that wasn't really known. I mean, obviously, AMC was known, but not for television. Yeah. Um, and it was well-respected and liked, but not a lot of people knew about it. And then uh, its first couple seasons hit streaming on Netflix. Oh, okay. And... That'll and, do it. And yeah, and that's and so and, and it blew up and um and you know it was one so of those. That's kind of, you think that may have brought the attention of the Emmy? Oh, absolutely, yeah. yeah. Um, and it's I mean Breaking Bad did the exact same thing. Like its first two and two seasons were well respected and liked, but there weren't people weren't really talking about it. And there weren't a lot of people watching, but then they were on Netflix, and people like blew through them. And there were, and that, then it became Breaking Bad. It became yeah. a sensation. Uh, and similarly to Breaking Bad, um, even after blowing up, it's a show 
that just kept getting better and keeps that's getting what, that's better. That's what Ben tells me. Yeah, like you, I mean, you said you were like, what, midway through season one? Yeah. You're still where it kind of sucks. Like, <laughs> no, there, there, I will say this, there's always, there's already been like a moment where I have, um, laughed so hard I had to pause the episode. Yeah, and like, uh, and you're it, still in the episodes that I consider not as, yeah, as good. Yeah, and like, there are like, there's definitely like a lot of like times when I'm not laughing, but I still enjoy watching it. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, Quick, quick summary for those of you who don't who aren't aware of it. Um, it is a, uh, it's um, the story. Uh, it's created by Eugene Levy and Daniel Levy. Mm-hmm. And Eugene Levy, um, for those of you who don't know, is a uh, Jim's dad from the American Pie movies, which is like the one thing that I can like think of right away that people would know him from. That's his big thing. People would know him from. But he's also just like every Christopher yeah. Guest movie. That's true. <laughs> um, but yeah, he. Um, but uh, they play a family, the Rose family, mm-hmm. and uh, they made some, they were rich, they made some bad investments, some illegal investments, so the IRA, the IRS, IRA, that IRS <laughs> came and uh, basically took everything that they owned, with one exception, um, <laughs> a few years back, uh, as, a, as a joke or as it a lesson. A, it was a joke. It, yeah, yeah, as a joke. Um, Eugene Levy's character, John, um, it is John, right? Yeah. Yeah. I ju- I'm just getting used to these characters. <laughs> uh, John decided to, uh, buy a town, like, buy a whole town called Shit's Creek. And so, the government saw no value in it, and so they leave it to, yep. they let him have that. So they, this very rich family moves to this very, like, stereotypically podunk town mm-hmm. and so, in Canada in Canada <laughs> and so it's so it's this amazing hilarious blend of the stereotypes of uh, of like small podunk communities and vapid rich people yeah. colliding it's, and it's absolutely hilarious it is yeah it's such a good show and um it's funny because the premise, and I would argue the first couple episodes, make it come across as a bit of an Arrested Development knockoff. Yeah. Um, but the key difference for me is that it's a nice show. Yeah. Like, these people, like, I mean, I love Arrested Development, most of it. Um, I, love but... the first, I love the three seasons of Arrested <laughs> Development. <laughs> um, it's a great show. But it's a mean show. I mean, yeah. you know, these are bad people who do not like each other. And Arrested Developer uh, Shit's Creek really defines itself by being about fundamentally decent people who do care about each other. Yeah. Um, and I've, I've kind of noticed that, like, even in these early episodes, mm-hmm. like, it already seems like, like, when they first show up, they are, like, these vapid rich people that look down on everybody else in Shit's Creek. Yeah. But um, they're already, like, little hints... Mm-hmm. Of them like taking steps to like not be assholes. Yeah, <laughs> I also love that the people of Shit's Creek, and you know, in this sort of comedy, a lot of the time the the dumb podunk characters are totally oblivious to how much the rich people are looking down on them. I love that the townspeople peg them right away and are nice to them, yeah. but will call, but like call yeah. them out. Yeah, like, <laughs> yeah, like in, in, in um, yeah, like one of the mayors, uh, like in one of the episodes, like where um, Catherine O'Hare's character goes to like the salon, she gets like mm-hmm. the same 
her her wig gets styled the same way as the mayor's wife, and yeah. like uh, and yeah, like there is a really sweet scene at the end where the mayor's wife like tells her like I know you don't like this hairstyle, I know this that you don't like anything about this town, yeah. and then like there's actually a really honest moment with Captain O'Hara's character. Mm-hmm. It's like probably the most depth that she shows that early on yeah. in there. But yeah, it's it's really cool. Captain and, O'Hara's uh, accent and <laughs> her wigs. Are one of the best parts of the show. Oh, don't wake me up! I just got done crying myself to sleep. Um, and then we, I, we haven't mentioned her either, but the the fourth member of the family is uh, Annie Murphy, who plays Alexis. And Alexis's character, she is the spoiled, vapid, rich girl. Yeah. I just, I'm so excited for you to see her arc. I, it's wonderful. I, I'm excited about it as well. It's all great. Okay, and uh, one last one last recommendation, uh, TV recommendation, <laughs> um, of what I'm watching now. Like, uh, they, um, Hulu just got a deal with FX, and now, like, um, when stuff's, when stuff airs on FX, the next day it'll air, it'll be available to stream on Hulu. So, like, Hulu's kind of getting, like, exclusive streaming rights to a lot of FX shows. A um, couple of notable exceptions. One of them being the Americans, which is still on Amazon Prime. Hmm. But um, they did this in conjunction with the release of a couple of uh, new shows. And uh, Devs is one that I want to watch because it's from the guy who created uh, Ex Machina, the movie. Oh, okay. Um, and Annihilation. Yes. And I haven't watched it yet, but I'm going to. But what I have watched is a comedy called Dave. And this is some of the funniest shit I've ever seen. Um, it's basically about the rapper Lil Dicky, who is this like um, kind of like stereotypical nervous uh, Jewish guy who um, like he he goes on these like long rants and everything, and uh, but he's also a rapper, and like it and uh, it, there's a point where like he uh, one of the recurring things in the show is that like. Oh wow, are you like a real rapper? Or like a <laughs> Lonely Island or something like that? It's like, no, I'm a real rapper. And then someone's like, oh, on Spotify it says related artist, Macklemore, oh. The Lonely Island. It's like, I, I have to deal with that shit all the time. <laughs> but no, it's like, it's so funny. You have random, like, celebrity cameos, but like, some of the rants that um, Lil Dicky goes on is so fucking funny. And I just, I, and it, what's interesting is like I have um, a couple like at work I have this one guy who um, apart from sports we don't really have a lot in common especially when it comes to music I like I mostly like rock and roll he um, is like he hates rock and roll he loves rap but uh, we like this is like kind of brought us together um, <laughs> in this time of no sports like we love talking about the latest episode of Dave and uh, it's it's so fucking funny. Just like, and uh, like, there's a really great episode where his girlfriend. Um, this is about to get a little explicit. Nope. Uh, but no. On like, this uh, podcast. Yeah. No. So the, so um, his girlfriend like comes in and watches one of his recording sessions, and he's like, and he's like talking about like, and he's rapping about like eating ass or something like that. So yeah, absolutely. Um, but like, um, so one of the running jokes in the show is that his his dick is very weird like he had like um he had like a tangled urethra or something he was born with it so he had to like go through a lot of operations and stuff so this 
So like, um, he's very nervous about sex. So he's having sex with his girlfriend later that night, and she just screams out like, "Eat my ass!" And he's like, "What? What? You mentioned it. You mentioned it in the song. I wanted you to do it." And he's like, "Look." And and he goes on one of his teams, like, "Look, rap is very sexually charged genre, and I mean, just because I say something in a song, like, and he talks like that, and it's so funny. If you like, kind of want a sample of what the show's like." He has he released this song called Freaky Friday, um, and the music video kind of seems a little bit like, obviously with like the Freaky Friday twist, but it's about um, like he uh, he um, he in the music video he switches places he switches bodies with Chris Brown, and it is <laughs> it is so fucking funny and like if you just want to see like a five minute episode of like. Just kind of know what Little Dicky's about, and like that music video is really good. I'm gonna actually show this to Harrison <laughs> after we're done with this. Uh, but yeah, no, and uh, it it like Westworld is um, just it, releasing its episodes. This is like it only has a few out. It just started. Really fun. Right. Really good. All right. Well, for me, I my show that I'm watching right now. This is a rewatch for me. I'm watching it with John. Um, it's the first time he's watched it. Um, is the Americans, uh, which Jason already name dropped. Um, so Sorry. nice transition. No, no, it's good. Um, and it was really funny because um, uh, the Americans is one of my favorite shows, and John was very reluctant to watch it. And I was like, let's just watch the first season. Let's see what you think. And we watched the first episode, and he was like. Okay. Yeah, no, I'm, like, I'm interested. And I've I seen like, the first two seasons, and I want to get around to like watching the rest of it. But yeah, it is fantastic TV. It's very, very good. It is. And, and Harrison um, has assured me that it just gets better. Just gets better. better. Some people have thoughts about season five that I don't agree with, but um, season five is a, is a more introspective season. That bothers some people. Does not bother me. Um, but the. Um, the plot of the Americans is it is a uh, it, it's about your normal everyday suburban couple living in the eighties um, in like, Virginia specifically like the yeah. suburbs of DC definitely like late Cold War era. yeah um, so it's um, the show I think the show runs it begins in eighty one and runs to like eighty six eighty seven so uh, maybe eighty eight. Yeah, um, I remember like in season two, um, uh, they uh, the son. Um, wow, why am I blanking on his name? Henry. Henry. Because he's kind of forgettable. <laughs> like Henry. He's um, there. They're like talking about. Um, they're talking about the Wrath of Khan being released, mm-hmm. and uh, that was nineteen eighty two. Yeah. So. Um, so the the twist of the show, and it's not a twist because it is the premise it's of the, the show, <laughs> um, is that um, the parents, uh, played by um, Elizabeth, uh, Elizabeth, who's played by um, my girl Carrie Russell, who did not win an Emmy. It's fine. Fuck you, Claire Foy. I'm sure you're lovely, Claire Foy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she is quite good. Um, and uh, Philip played by Matthew Reese, who did win an Emmy. And, Fuck you, Claire Foy. And honestly, like, first of all, his American accent... So good. It, it is so good. Like, that man, like, I... 
I would love it if he just like read me stories mm. to sleep. Like I could listen to his voice forever, and that's his American voice. That's not even his like his actual real his, his like, Welsh accent. accent. Yeah, his, his, his real accent. His real accent. His real accent. He's Welsh. Um, but they are Soviet spies, yes. uh, Soviet sleeper agents, um, and this is a real thing um, that that happened. It was the, the Soviets had an illegals program where they had agents living in um, in in America, posing as just everyday couples. They um, they have you know they have a family, they have children, they have lives. They're, they they're, speak. Um, in English, like yeah, primarily. always. Yeah. Um, there, there's like a rule um, that they are not allowed to speak Russian ever. Not even when they like are certain they're alone. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's so it is partially a spy drama, um, but it's also a drama about a marriage mm-hmm. because it was fake. They're the kind of the predicating incident of the series is that these two people who have been married for like 20 years who have children who are a family um but it's all fake um start to develop a real love for one another and it's um it's just it's oh and also for for drama reasons their neck their new next door neighbor is an fbi agent yeah Uh, but it is, it really is, like, it is a thrilling spy drama. The spy stuff is so good. One of the things that I really enjoy about it is, like, the creator actually worked, mm-hmm. um... I think in, for like, the CIA. Yeah, he worked for the CIA, yeah. so he, like, knows, like, some of the ins and outs of it, which makes, like, the situation seem all that more realistic. Mm-hmm. Like, it never seems like... As soon as you are able to wrap your mind around the idea of Soviet sleeper agents... Nothing ever seen, yeah. uh, nothing as far as I've seen, ever seems too far fetched. And there were periodically, I would be like, okay, well, certainly that couldn't have happened. And I would Google it, and it was like, no, this this whole plot line is based on something that actually happened. Um, the the creator of the show actually had to submit all of his scripts for the show to the FBI, um, for review to make sure that like he wasn't revealing like state yeah. secrets and stuff. Um, also, another major upside, a prominently featured actress is world-renowned character actress Margot uh, Rambeau. And Fugitive from the Law. And Fugitive from the Law. <laughs> um, she is so fantastic. Um, yes. And not just, you know, not just her, though. You've also got, um, starting in season three, you get uh, Frank Langella yeah. in, a, in a recurring role. Um, like, just... Uh, the, the whole cast is wonderful. It's a great show. Like Westworld, um, it is... Uh, it's a show that expects you to pay attention. Mm, it's, it's not... So it's, yeah, it's not casual viewing. It doesn't hold your hand. Like, you know, you will go... Um, you might go two seasons without seeing a character, and then they're going to show up again. And, um, and, and the show plays the long game. Um, and also... We mentioned they have kids so frequently um, in prestige drama. There's always the teenagers, and they are frequently a drag on the show. Looking at you, Dana from Homeland. (laughs) Um, But. 
But um, because the show is focused on the domestic side of things, the kids on this show are not worthless. They are important to the show. Um, and in particular, the daughter, um, Paige, um, is an incredibly compelling character. Um, and I found this article a couple years back while it was while the show was still airing that was all about like the problem with teenagers in 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 these sorts of shows and how the Americans avoids all of them. Um, so it's it's just a really good show. It's six seasons, um, no movie. Um, <laughs> And I, I'm watching it on the DVDs that I own, but uh, I, yeah, I'm pretty sure it's on Amazon, Amazon Prime. Prime. So, which is how, or no, I was going to be like, that's how I watched it originally. I was like, no, I didn't. I watched, no, I watched yeah, it you watched as it aired. Yeah. yeah. I, um, and it's funny because it aired like between Homelands first and second season or Homeland second and third season I can't remember exactly which and I like Homeland um but I remember being like oh cool spy drama this will kind of scratch that Homeland itch that I'm missing right now it turned out to be so much better it's, it's so much better and like I said I do enjoy Homeland but um Homeland's a little more pulpy um The Americans is really good and really dense and mm-hmm. um and listen I wish Carrie Russell would choke me to death. It's just how it is. So, right, <laughs> um, so going over to um, comedy, um, I've been really, really into. Re- uh, we've been rewatching a lot of Community. Um, absolutely wonderful show. It's been very comforting. Um, so I won't go on too long about it, um, but yeah, it's a it's a sitcom set in the community college, but it's also so, it's also every genre. <laughs> like um, I would check it out. I think Hulu has all of Community. It was six or five seasons on um, NBC. on NBC, and then the sixth season on the short lived Yahoo, Yahoo Play. Play. Is that what it was? Or Yahoo Some, Streaming something? It, it had a dumb name. It, yeah. uh, but it was Yahoo's very short-lived streaming service. And so many Subway commercials. Oh, my God. <laughs> I'm not going to lie, though. Like, I think my trips to Subway like upticked very highly mm-hmm. while I was watching the season six of Community. Um, not just Community, but also for me, uh, Chuck. Because yeah. Subway was really good about, like, uh, say what you will about Subway, but, like, they found these shows that had small but passionate fan bases, and they were like, "No, dude, I like, I love Subway. I mean, I, I, too. I know so many people like <laughs> shit on it, and well, you shouldn't eat a Subway sandwich if someone's <laughs> chat in it. Uh, I, I mean, Grace worked there, so I don't think she ever likes Subway <laughs> anymore. Um, but uh, no, I love Subway. Um, so yeah, those are those are mine, and I I'm deliberately like." Keeping it short because I could be. I'm like I could just keep going. All right. So now, like uh, now, like this last part that I wanted to do is like uh, not what we're watching right now, but like stuff we'll recommend to you, mm-hmm. and like we won't even try to give like too many descriptions. Just yeah. like favorite TV shows, um, 
movies and books too, and I don't know, want to do video games? I mean, sure. My, my knowledge is lesser yeah. than yours, um, but yeah. But, uh, okay, so, like, obviously, the number one show we have to recommend watching is, is Buffy. Is Buffy the Vampire Slayer. I hope you're watching. Yeah, like, if, if, yeah, if you, you guys can keep watching, even though it might be a while until we get our next episode to you. Um, but uh, Buffy and then, like, uh, Angel as well. Mm-hmm. Um, like, uh, you can go online and find... Um, viewing orders like it is shows that it is two shows that work extremely well yeah to watch them side by side so you because there are crossovers yep and you can more or less until you get to season seven of buffy season four of angel just do one for one and you're good um because for angel's first two seasons um they were on the same network yeah. So they just aired. Angel just aired after Buffy, always. Um, four and season five, yeah. Yeah, season three of season six gets a little complicated though, doesn't it? Um, not season six. Season six and season season six of Buffy and season three, um, of Angel, they 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 were on different networks at that point. So their their airing dates were out of order, but there are no crossovers, um, in those seasons. Um, it but then in season seven of Buffy, season oh, four of Angel, yeah, no, there isn't. Yeah, um, except a, there's an implied the crossover at the very but, beginning. Um, but if you're just doing a one-on-one at that point, you're yeah, I was I was getting my crossovers mixed up. <laughs> um, but in season seven of Buffy and season four of Angel, that's when it gets Major, really weird. Lots of crossovers, crossovers, but it's like you literally have to watch like watch like four angel episodes and then one buffy and then like two more angel and then five buffy and then like it's it's weird but the viewing orders are out there and then and also it's easier because like we were assuming that like you're probably watching it on streaming yeah so it's a lot easier than harrison switching out the discs over and over again yes um, <laughs> i love my dvds but the uh um also if you want to scratch that vampire itch um delve into the vampire diaries uh Franchise, which I've mentioned a couple times, mm-hmm. and I've seen the first four seasons of Vampire Diaries, which is right before the original start. And after that, there's a uh, Legacies, which is airing mm-hmm. now. Um, oh, um, I was about to be like, it has uh, that show has Alexis Denisoff, uh, who will appear yeah. in Buffy. I was like, <laughs> yeah, hang on, now. Um, watch your spoilers, um, watch your spoilers. Yeah, and those are those are all on Netflix. Um, and uh, another Netflix show to scratch out Vampire Age in a completely different way is Castlevania. Um, it is an anime that is based off of the third video game in the Castlevania video game series. And uh, you don't need to play the video game to enjoy this because it is just a damn fucking good, like, grim, gothic, vampire-killing adventure. Like, it's so cool. You'll fall in love with the characters. And yeah, it's it's just so damn good. Um, and uh, just like shows that I recommend, um, this like just a very mix of comedies and dramas. Um, Hannibal, nah. uh, which should be on Amazon Prime. I think so. Uh, the Leftovers, which is on HBO. Um, uh, be really careful of this next one because it gets really depressing, but it's also really good. 
Bojack Horseman mm-hmm. on Netflix. Hannibal um, is on Amazon Prime. Okay. Um, and if you want to uh, dive into something huge, Star Trek. Um, and it and I will say, like, my favorite series I'm slowly realizing is uh, Star Trek Deep Space Nine. It's the best. However, um, it does, like, start after and build off of like some stuff that has already mm-hmm. been established in the previous two Star Trek series. So just so, watch them all. Um, yeah, you can watch them all. Um, if you like want to just dip your ch- like dive right into Deep Space Nine, Deep Space Nine is probably the most complex mm-hmm. of all the shows, but it's definitely like it's the one that has the long story arcs and serialized uh, ster- serialized storytelling. Absolutely great. It also has my favorite Trek character. Of them all. It has my favorite Trek supporting character in them all. Uh, yours is, I'm going to guess yours, and slash say it because I'm pretty sure I'm right, and then you're going to guess, say mine. So yours is Garrick. Yes, that's my favorite supporting character. Mm-hmm. And your favorite, this is like main character in Star Trek? Honestly, my favorite Star Trek character. Yeah, uh, uh, Kieran Reese. Yes. Yes, um, ma'am. <laughs> yeah, like, no, she, she's awesome. Um, yeah, I love Star Trek so much, um, so I'd highly recommend that. Um, and uh, my last TV recommendation will probably be uh, just hang on. Oh, um, if you want to try something crazy, uh, I think they're on Amazon Prime. Doctor Who. Um, it's a very interesting thing. Um, I will recommend. So, Doctor Who's a little complicated because <laughs> it started in 1963. Mm-hmm. And um, ran for 26 years, and that's what's considered the classic series. Then it came back in 2005, and um, it continues from the other series, but it's also a jumping on point. Yeah. Now, given the way that like we're probably used to more modern TV, I'd recommend starting with the first of the new series. And if mm-hmm. you're confused with what that is, the first episode is called Rose, mm-hmm. and um, yeah, like, check that out because it's a show that basically does, can do anything. Yeah. And it's it's so enjoyable. And what's also really fun is, like, everybody has their own little piece of it that they enjoy. Mm-hmm. Like, so because the show is so different. Like, every yeah. couple of years, it shakes everything up. And um, then if you want to venture into the old, old classic Doctor Who... Go for it, but I definitely recommend starting with the modern series. First. I I agree. That's how I watched it. Was I, I caught up on the modern series, and then I've actually been watching the classic series for five years. No, because there's it takes so a while. many episodes. Yeah, it takes a while. Um, I there's also you didn't mention. Um, there's also a movie that came between right. the two series. Um, I would also just say Rose is a, is a fantastic jumping off point, um, but also. Basically, any time there's a any episode that features either a new doctor or a new companion is a good jumping off point for the show. It, like you said, it reinvents itself so often mm-hmm. that I mean, me personally, I'd say start with Rose. It's just there's yeah. so much good stuff there. But um, but if for whatever reason you don't want to, and if, it's, it's, and if it seems yeah. confusing. You'll like you'll get the hang of it. Yeah, like the, the entire point of the companion characters is to like kind of like I don't know what the hell's going on, so the doctor will explain to them. Yeah, yeah time traveling alien in a uh, blue box that can travel through space and time. Also, Doctor Who is w- one thing that is great about it. Well, great slash frustrating is um, 
continuity doesn't always matter. Yeah. It's just like, um, it is it is very much a show that's just like, because it, it has a span of over 50 years, mm-hmm. I mean, it's almost impossible to, um, in the episode, kind of pick and choose as its own continuity yeah. that matters to that episode. So, um, yeah, I think those are all such wonderful uh, recommendations. And several of them are ones that I would also sign off on um hannibal definitely the leftovers definitely star trek definitely i'm in the middle of enterprise right now which is one of the lesser star treks but i will say it has its own merits i'm in season three and season season three is when it really starts to pick up from what i've heard it's been that is the the one star trek series that i have not seen all of it's been really good and i'm gonna say this i'm gonna come to the defense of enterprise it has problems but you know what? Next Gen and Deep Space Nine also had a lot of problems in their first two seasons. The only problem is like they had they those series had five seasons afterwards of quality content. Yes, and Enterprise had two. Exactly. I I do think that Enterprise where I think Enterprise fails is not necessarily on its own merits. I think that people were just had Star Trek fatigue. Yeah. I mean, it had been on the air consistently since 1986. Yeah, something like that. So, um, I, I do feel like Enterprise gets an unfair, has an unfair reputation. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to also recommend um, The Good Place. Yeah. Oh I my God. That, you just yeah. want to feel good all the time. Watch The Good Place. Oh, I'm going to go ahead and, like, while we're talking about Michael Schur shows, Brooklyn Nine-Nine and Parks and Recreation. Uh, yes, all of them, all of the above. Um, Especially uh, if you're like if you're fans of The Office um, and you haven't tried Parks and Rec, um, just a heads up: the first season of like six episodes is a little rough. But like, um, if you want to, you can skip it. But it's also easy to like just power through. Yeah, there's and, six 20 minute episodes. Yeah. Uh, but no, like, um, season two is when it really started picking up steam, and after that, it's just kind of yeah. better and better. Season, Consistently good. Season two is the writing gets better. Mm-hmm. And then the end of season two jettisons the one character who wasn't working and brings in Ben and Chris. And from there, it's like, okay, this is the show. Yeah. The show, the ensemble yeah. is complete. And yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Fringe is a nice. great show. Um, uh, and I'm gonna just at the same time the X Files as well. Mm-hmm. Um, they they share a lot of the same DNA. Um, uh, Fringe is uh, you know X Files is more um, aliens. Uh, Fringe is more. Um, I mean it's fringe science and so like telepathy yeah. and stuff like that. Um, I don't think Fringe ever goes into aliens. Um, no, that I can remember. Like, um... Time it, travel and alternate it, universes. Yeah, I was about to say, like, I, I want to say alternate universes. I don't know if that's, like, technically a spoiler, but it's just a heads up. That's kind of, like, an overall thing. Yeah. I think, I, I do think it is kind of a reveal, but it's, to me, it was an obvious reveal. It felt also, like something. Also, like, I mean, I mean, if you want a hook, like, there's your hook. It's, yeah. Uh, yeah, and, like, that that's really cool, because that show, kind of like Hannibal, like I said, Hannibal mm-hmm. and Leftovers, it, it does, like, things that, yeah. I think they do on television. Yeah, on net. Well, The Leftovers wasn't on network television, yeah. but Hannibal and Fringe were. Uh, Fringe was on Fox, I think, and Hannibal was on uh, was on NBC. Yeah, and some of that shit, I was like, how did they 
this is a network show. Yeah. Um, a an oldie bit of goodie and just one that always causes my heart a lot of delight, but then pain because it left us too soon. It's pushing daisies. Um, I, I watched the first episode of that and it is delightful. I would so love to watch more um, of it. And it's also Brian Fuller. Yeah. Um, who so did Hannibal. Hannibal. And um, also he did a show called Dead Like Me that I really enjoyed as well. And um, I've noticed um, in the shows of his that I've watched, uh, with the exception of uh, American Gods, um, two of his big themes that he deals with in Hannibal, Pushing Daisies, and Dead Like Me. Death and gayness? Um, I was going to say death and food, but but also, yeah, lots of gayness. By the way, um, <laughs> I, I'm going to like sneak some more in here. Uh, Fargo. Oh, Fargo's um, so good. Yeah, Fargo, which is on uh, Hulu. And um, Killing Eve, which is kind of like um, I love Killing which Eve. is like a much less subtle Hannibal, yeah. I'd say it is. <laughs> it really is. I, I remember thinking like like Hannibal was pretty gay, but Killing Eve is pretty oh gay. Out the gate, I'm like yeah. The first thing I think of like oh so so Eve is clearly hot for Villanelle, and Villanelle is clearly hot for Eve. Hannibal, it's a slow burn. Um. Yeah, Killing Eve goes right out the gate. Also, if if you want if you want to do a fun dive, like check out some of the fanfic and fan art for uh, Hannibal. Mm, it's it hot. Is gay as shit. Um, <laughs> Killing Eve is a much funnier show than I thought it was it gonna is. be. It I really was is. I was going in expecting like a really dark drama, and it is dark, and there is drama. But I I was not prepared to laugh so much, and sometimes I'm like laughing while she's like viciously stabbing someone yeah. to death and I'm like oh, she's hilarious yeah, Jodie Comer's kind of fucking awesome <laughs> oh she's great um, I'm sorry I interrupted you oh no you're good um, I, and there's a say um, on a, a two um, if we are uh, to just bring us back to uh, empowered badass women um, uh, actually I, I don't think you've, I know you've not seen one but I don't think you've seen the other either um, Veronica Mars is, yeah, yeah, is a, a popular one. really good one um She's a teenage detective. Um, it's like the lovely Kristen Bells. So. Yeah. Oh, wonderful. Um, I've been rewatching it. I'm in the middle of season two. And it's it's really funny because there's definitely a lot of it where I'm like, just like when we talk about when we talk Buffy, it's just like, whoa. <laughs> that is some early to mid-aughts outfits and slang yeah. and storylines. But it is uh it's a really good show. And it's um it, it really kind of is that same idea that Buffy has of like, you know, Buffy's a supernatural show, but also a high school drama. Veronica Mars is is that too, but instead of supernatural, it's a noir. It's, mm-hmm. it's noir slash high school drama. Um, and then Xena Warrior Princess, which is. Yeah! Uh, oh, that was good. Really? Okay. Yeah, that was pretty good. <laughs> it's um, been so long since I watched Xena, yeah. so. so. And also, very gay. <laughs> like there's a um there's a meme that I, I I I send it to Grace like every time I see it, but it's just like Xena like lying on her back and like Gabrielle is like cuddling with her and it's a shot from the show. And the meme just says there's no heterosexual explanation for that. <laughs> and there's not. Okay, um, did you have any more series that you want to No, recommend? that was Okay. Uh so now uh, I wanna just recommend some movies. Mm. Um my favorite movie of all time is, uh, and you may think it's strange, uh, because it's, 
It, like when, when people like meet me and find out what my favorite movie is, based on what they know about me, it's a little out of left field. It's such an off the wall choice for you, and I love it. So I'm gonna I'm gonna pause you real quick, yeah. and I'm just gonna say we're gonna take five seconds, listeners, and based on everything you've heard today and heard recently on the podcast about Jason, I want you to just pick a movie, what you think his choice might be, okay? And then we're gonna see how you feel. All right, let's. All right, Jason, tell them. My favorite movie is Singing in the Rain. Like, I... It's a great movie. No, like, I, I love this movie, and the reason I love it, and I think it would be perfect for um, when you're in isolation or whatever, is because it just makes me so happy. I feel like this movie is distilled happiness. Like, it makes you smile. It, um, and I have a thing where I really love movies, but I also like movies that take a fun, interesting look at movie making. Mm -hmm. Like um, I like Trumbo. Um, there are parts of Once Upon a Time in Hollywood that I like. Um, uh, but yeah, like movie production. If you can like find a way to like kind of like Kiss Me Kate was a backstage musical. Yeah. Like, if you can like find a way to tell an interesting backstage movie, um, the that's like if it's good, it's gold to me. Um, but yeah, like, uh, and also like, it's it's an old like it's an old school Hollywood movie musical. So a lot of the tap dancing, yeah. um, the singing, like all these musical numbers, the sets and everything. It's like stuff you would never see in a sh in a movie now. Like yeah. La La Land um, drew a lot of inspiration yeah. from Singing in the Rain. Um, it also has it has the wonderful Gene Kelly. And the lovely, Debbie. forever loved Debbie Reynolds. Uh, she's the best part of that movie. And and also overlooked, but absolutely brilliant as well, Don O'Connor. Uh, and I, I can't remember the actress's name, but the woman who plays Lena. Jean, oh God. I, that voice, that ridiculous yeah. high-pitched voice is so, so, so funny. Um, I saw that movie when I was like, in elementary school or high school my grandparents had it like recorded on like a VHS, a VHS tape. They'd recorded it off of like. Hagen, yes, yes. Um, they had recorded it off of like TCM or something. And I was like, okay, this is kind of whatever. So I put it on and I it was mesmerized. I loved it. No, like, I mean, if you need to, if you need any reason to watch this, just type in Sing the Rain on YouTube. Watch like the scene with the titular song, mm -hmm. and it's Gene Kelly singing and dancing in the rain. And honestly, like, there's like no kind of pure happiness for me. I just I love it. Everything about it. You know what my favorite number from that movie is? What? It's um, uh, it's uh, Debbie Reynolds uh singing "All I Do Is Dream of You." Oh yeah, that's so great. Cake. It's so funny. Yeah, I know. Like everything about it, and um. Like, I'm going to list some other movies, but I'm going to give, like, a really quick rundown of this. Um, so, it's a, um, Gene Kelly plays this actor named Don Lockwood, and he's made a, uh, a career, a successful career, with a fellow actress, Lena Lamont, making silent movies, silent romantic movies. And, um, it's revealed that, like, Lena Lamont has a, Gene Hagen has a, like, horrible, horrible voice. And, um, this is right around the time the jazz singer came out. And when it did, it became a smash hit. Everybody wanted to start making talking pictures. And uh, so they attempt to do that with 
add to the studio that John Lockwood works at. Mm-hmm. The only problem is, is like, Lena has a terrible voice, and yep. it's and like and just like a bad actress on top of yes, that. yes, like no, but then again, like and also like a really like it's often overlooked, but it's kind of a serious thing how like um it's a little bit of a serious story that Don Lockwood is facing yep. like what could be the end of his career and he starts questioning like oh am I just this hammy silent film actor or can I like do better and uh and like at the same time he also meets like um this small aspiring actress who call who kind of calls him out on like his like sometimes vapid silent films um that's a uh, uh Kathy Selman mm-hmm. who's played by Debbie Reynolds and uh, yeah, it's it's so good. I, I can't recommend that movie enough. Nice. But um, other other of my favorite movies, Forrest Gump, uh, uh, Galaxy Quest, as we mentioned yes. before. Um, Quest for Camelot. My <laughs> man. Um, uh, wow, why am I blanking? Like I normally could like rattle off of Wizard of Oz. Mm-hmm. I mean, who hasn't seen The Wizard of Oz? But I mean. You may have forgotten about it because it may have been a while since you've seen it. I have a feeling a good portion of uh, our listener base has seen was <laughs> But hey, that could be the perfect time to rewatch it. Um, a Few Good Men, uh, my favorite Tom Cruise role. Um, even though he's like not the only star in that movie, but it's really good. Um, this is a bit depressing, but it's still like one of the most mesmerizing movies I've ever seen, Schindler's List. Um, and also like a movie that I deem is like a near-perfect movie. The Karate Kid. I love that movie. Um, oh, and uh, The Dark Knight. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you want to just extend that into the Christopher Nolan uh, Batman trilogy, uh, go for it. And uh, yeah, that's um, those are the ones that come to the top of my head. But uh, movie recommendations for you, Harrison. So I'm gonna I'm gonna recommend two that I saw this week for the first time, just because they are fresh in my mind. Um, so one is called Never Sleep Again. Um, it is a documentary about the enti- most of the entire um, Nightmare on Elm Street franchise. Okay. Um, it does not. It was released before the 2010 remake, so um, that is not included. Um, but they, it is. It is fantastic. I watched this the other night. Um, full disclosure: it is nearly four hours long. Um, but it is in depth they talk about they go through each movie um so uh all seven of like the main series movies as well as freddy versus jason and as well as the short-lived um uh nightmare uh freddy's nightmares which is a television show oh i forgot about that yeah um it, it features almost every major player from the entire franchise um and it's, it's mostly retrospective. So it's mostly just them, people who were involved in the movies, talking about, like, um, what it was like to make it and stuff like that. And, like, um, Heather Langenkamp, who played Nancy um, in the original and the third one, and then plays herself in the very meta seventh one, which is fantastic. That's great. It's a new nightmare. Um, she narrates it. Um, the only, like, the only big names who aren't in it are um, the, the, the ones you would expect are Johnny, Johnny Depp, Depp and um, Patricia Arquette. Um, but they get talked about quite a bit. Um, and um, By the way, for those of you who didn't know, 
Nightmare on Elm Street was Johnny Depp's very first movie. Yeah. Um, he's useless. <laughs> he's, his character is so fucking worthless in that movie. I get so mad every time I watch him, but you had one job. It was to make sure that you wake her up. God damn it, Glenn. Okay. Um, but it's still kind of carrying some residual anger about that. But it's it's just a it's a really cool documentary. Um, it is uh, if you're a fan of the franchise, which I am, I'm a, I'm a big Nightmare fan. Um, it's really they, they talk about like um, the iconic death scene of Tina in the first one. They go into how they filmed it, um, and I learned this while watching it. They built a giant rotating room, and the room actually was spinning on its axis while she like crawled around it, which is how they got the effect of her like. On the ceiling and stuff. Oh my god! It's so cool. Yeah, it's um, so I. It, it's a long movie. I think I. Um, but because it's in chunks, they literally just talk about it's each section is a different movie. It's pretty easy you if you get through the Irishman. You could get through this, right? If you, I didn't get through the Irishman. I didn't even try. <laughs> if you want to break it into chunks, it's really easy to do so. It's just it's really good, um, and it's pretty candid. Like they talk about like Wes Craven talks about stuff in the franchise that he doesn't like that doesn't work for him and um um but it's also clearly it's loving too like these people who are talking about it all the actors who are in it the filmmakers everyone have such visceral pride in being part of the Nightmare on Elm Street legacy and I it was wonderful and also I learned uh New Line Cinemas uh, which is the production company that um, uh, did, created the Nightmare on Elm Street, owes itself to Nightmare on Elm Street. Like, they put everything they had into the original one. It was a tiny, tiny startup, and then it, that the franchise blew up. Um, so, are you a fan of Lord of the Rings? Because... We have that because of Nightmare on Elm Street. And also, um, Peter Jackson, I learned, wrote uh, uh, a uh, wrote a, a script for uh, the sixth Nightmare film that did not end up getting made. And it sounds way better than the movie that did get made. <laughs> like, they were describing what his oh, original God. script was. Is that phrase that the final Nightmare? Yep, that's the... You know, I'm going to share, like, a story. Do it, do it, do it. Oh, uh, do, now, it now? do it now, do it now, man. Oh, God. So, we, um... Harrison, as mentioned previously, uh, does his horror movie marathon, horror movie month-a-thon. <laughs> Every October, he tries to, like, watch as many horror movies as he can in the month of October and invites people over whenever they want to come. The, uh, uh... One time, one year, he said, hey, you know what we should do? Um, the day after Halloween, let's do, like, bad horror movie sequels. And so the two that I had available to me, and also like the two that pretty much stand out like as some of the worst horror movie sequels were Jason X and Freddy's Dead, The Final Nightmare. And the other two we were going to do that night, but um, I couldn't get them from Netflix in time, was Halloween Resurrection and Jaws The Revenge. Okay. Uh, but anyway, so I bring these movies over, and Harrison has a an entire fifth of it was it Jack Daniels 
Oh no, I don't think so. I don't. Okay. I don't think I would have bought Jack Daniels. Yeah, it was. It was, it was, it was a bourbon. It was yeah. bourbon. It wasn't whiskey. Um, and so I can't remember if it was you or me. We were like, oh hey, let's do something funny. How about anytime something stupid happens in Freddy's Dead: The Final Nightmare, let's take a drink. We demolished that move. We demolished that fifth of bourbon. We didn't even make it to Jason X. Like, no, 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 we, we did. No, no, I'm saying, like, the bourbon didn't make it to oh, Jason Oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. Um, the, uh, to this day, I don't normally, like, blackout drunk and forget stuff. I barely remember anything from that movie, except there's a scene where, like, Freddy is uh, in a video game mm-hmm. with somebody. That's it. I do remember that, like, we broke out into uh, singing from a certain thing that I can't reveal. <laughs> Um, during the uh, during our watching of it, but no, like then we attempted to anyway. Then we attempted to then we turned on Jason X, which starts off by shooting Jason Voorhees into space, and I couldn't do it. I was getting like sick just watching something mm-hmm. in motion. Yeah, he was getting and, so motion sick. We turned the movie off after like ten minutes. Yeah, no, like and oh, God, I, I threw up so much, and then I passed out on his couch. It was such and, a fun night. Oh my God, <laughs> uh, like that is. I think there like there may be like one or two other times that I've gotten that drunk in my life. That is definitely like top three drunken Jason moments. That was so great. Um, So I have since watched Jason X, and I actually I'm gonna come out in support of Jason X. I've heard that it's actually like it's really fun, wacky, (laughs) but it is an enjoyable watch. Yeah, I had a great time. Um, So. Never sleep again if you're a fan of, of Nightmare on Elm Street. Yeah. Um, there's also a similar uh, documentary called um, uh, Crystal Lake Memories that does the same for um, the Friday the 13th franchise. I've not watched it. I might. I'm not as big a fan of the Friday the 13th franchise as I am the Nightmare mm-hmm. franchise, but I still enjoy it, so I'd probably like it. Um and then uh, there's another documentary that Heather Langenkamp made called I Am Nancy that is uh, all about kind of the legacy of, of Nancy, who um, is just a, one of the best final girls in horror history. And listen, I love Halloween and I love Laurie Strode. But Nancy comes... I mean, if, you, if you're just going by the first entry of the franchise... Sorry, Lori. Nancy has you beat. So, uh, <laughs> so final. Uh, I want to stick in another movie. You just mentioned like yeah. uh, final girls, um, final females. Uh, Cabin in the Woods. Oh uh, yeah. I mean, one Joss Whedon is uh, he he writer directed. No, I think he just produced it. I'm pretty sure it was Drew Goddard. I thought Drew Goddard directed and Joss Whedon wrote it. Maybe, maybe, or maybe um, they co wrote. Hold on, I'll, I'm. You keep talking. I'm pulling. Yeah, it up. but. Um, <laughs> Uh, I can't say much about it um, without revealing it, but if you haven't seen Cabin in the Woods, check it out because I honestly wasn't a huge fan of horror movies until I saw this movie, and then I'm like, I want to explore like all the horror genre. Um, and I was there for him. <laughs> yeah, no, but like it is, um, it's it's fantastic. It is. It is one of my favorite movies from the year 2012, and that was, like, the same year that, like, Avengers came out, and I'm pretty sure I've watched Cabin in the Woods more than I've watched Avengers. Um, I, well, and, you know, um, 
so Drew Goddard directed it, and he and Joss Whedon wrote it together. Okay. So um, we actually do have the Avengers to thank for Cabin in the Woods coming out because it had been filmed yeah. um, and was set to be released in 2010, and then they couldn't get dis- distribution for it because they were like, it's too weird. No one will want to see it. Um, and then, uh, then Joss Whedon got the Avengers, which also starred Chris Hemsworth. Yeah. Um, so they were like, oh, we'll release this movie too because we've got this name recognition. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, Chris Hemsworth is like, like at peak hotness, I think, in Cabin in the Woods. I prefer Ooh, my Chris. You gotta be careful because there are like some people that just. No, no. love Chris Hemsworth in the, oh, no. in the Marvel movies. No, I think Chris Hemsworth is always hot. <laughs> um, but I tend to prefer him leaner than bulkier. And he's, enough, he goes yeah. more bulky for Thor, which that makes sense. He's mm-hmm. Thor. Um, yeah. But I, I, I really, he's he has more of like a, like a swimmer's body in Cabin in the Woods, which I you get to it. see a lot of. Sorry, I'm not meaning to be so horny right now. <laughs> but... <laughs> you talked about Chris Hemsworth, so. <laughs> I just got a little warm in here. Um, um, anyway, like, so sorry to like interrupt like your <laughs> stuff, but yeah, like Cabin in the Woods. It's good. Yeah, do you have any? Yeah, um, you've been all about the documentaries. Do you have any like, non-documentary um, movies to recommend? I just will say, I really hope after the uh, Halloween ends is released that they do a similar style documentary for cool. the Halloween franchise because I love the Halloween yes, franchise. Yes, he does. Um, I also watched a movie called um, Train to Busan this week. I've heard of that. So I, I don't remember, Jason and I have talked about this several times, but I don't remember if we ever talked about it on the podcast. He and I both are a little over zombies. Um, it just, the market got so saturated with it, and no one, it, it felt like no one was doing anything new yeah. with the concept. So it's just like, if I want to watch a zombie movie, I'll go watch a Romero or like 28 Days Later. Um, Train to Busan is a zombie movie. Uh, it's a South Korean zombie movie, and I'm not gonna I'm not gonna be like it reinvents the wheel. It doesn't. Like it's it's fairly standard zombie movie stuff, but it was really good. Um, part of what worked about it is that the movie is set almost entirely on a train. Awesome. So like that. I'm already is, loving it. Yeah, like that was cool. Just like the 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 um the constriction and like the confined spaces and you can't get away from it. Um, but it was just, I, I also part of, I'd heard it was really good. So I was like, okay, I'll, I'll watch it. I was like, the other thing was that it's foreign. So I was like, okay, so one of the things I love about watching foreign films is that you are typically seeing different mores, um, different ideals, yeah. uh, different values than what you might see in an American movie. Yes. And, I, I don't know if this is something that's specifically Korean or if it's something that was just to this movie, but movie zombie movies generally are very cynical. Um, and there is a certain, even if it's not said like out loud in the movie, there's always a feel, I think, of like, you don't help people because you'll get killed if you help someone. And this movie takes the exact opposite approach and basically is like you have a moral imperative to help people that's a good message just for yeah now and i i just i loved it and um it uh and and it's practical too because one thing another thing um max brooks writes about this in the um not in world war z in the zombie survival guide oh um but world war z great book 
Not a good movie. Um, uh, but he, it might have been Immortal One of his two zombie books he writes, he, he talks about how the thing about zombies that should be really scary, but unfortunately just I feel like the genre doesn't utilize is they're the only type of enemy that um, their numbers grow by killing you. Yeah. You know, in a war between people, like, you just, you know, you kill each other. In a war between zombies, you can kill them, but your numbers will still dwindle. But as they kill you, their numbers rise. Mm -hmm. And Train to Busan does a really good job of portraying that. Just the, the numbers keep getting bigger because that's how zombies work. Yeah. Um, so... It's just, it's really good. Um, I, I got, got a little long in the end, but uh, but generally I really liked it. Um, both Train to Busan and Never Sleep Again can be streamed on Shudder, which is a like horror movie streaming site. Um, and currently, this is not an ad, by the way, <laughs> um, they are doing a special promotion. If you sign up, you can do a 30-day free trial uh, using the code SHUTIN. Um, so... Uh, I used, I'm going to be really honest, because I've already used my personal email and my husband's personal email (laughs) to create free trials to Shudder in the past to watch specific movies, and I used our Booze and Buffy email this time for a free trial, but I did it before that promotion. Okay. So I'm going (laughs) to find another email. This episode brought to you by Shudder. (laughs) I wish. Um, uh, Some other, just to rapid fire list um a lot of the ones you mentioned already like super into um um i jurassic park is like my favorite movie of all goddamn time i love it i love jurassic park so much i have jurassic park shoes i have a he's a rainbow logo jurassic park logo t-shirt it's my favorite it's it's great um i have a jurassic park board game that's really fun yeah we played it it was a lot of fun uh so i just i'm a i'm i'm gonna uh, probably at some point soon by the Jurassic Park Evolution uh, video game, which is basically like Zoo Tycoon, but Jurassic so Park. So I have a really old uh, Lost World game, uh-huh. um, and uh, I can bring that over sometime. It's still at my parents' house. I'm into that. And uh, yeah, like we can we can try that. I love when you go to the arcade and you get to the the Jurassic Park like shooter game. Oh yeah, love it. Um, so. Um, and you know what? I'll, I'll be I'll be really honest. Despite diminishing quality, I love all the sequels. Give me a dinosaur. I'm a happy boy. <laughs> um, uh, Alien is one of my favorites. Um, and Aliens, they're both fantastic movies. Um, I've already mentioned Halloween. Uh, v for Vendetta is one that I really, really enjoy. I'm going to watch soon because um, I've got more free time to watch more movies. Yeah. Um, so... Am I missing? I mean, I'm, I've got over 400 movies in my living room. Yeah, those, <laughs> are like, those are like standard Harrison. Yeah, they, um, these are the ones that are just like the most my soul. Yeah. So. Um, yeah, and I guess like last thing we want to talk about, because we're kind of running a little long, um, but we also like don't know when we're going to get another episode. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> uh, but um, books, because uh, like uh, now is as good a time any to read. Um so uh, I have a couple of my recommendations. My favorite book of all time is Fahrenheit 451. Mm-hmm. Um, the uh, 
don't just watch the HBO movie, even though it does have Michael B. Jordan in it. <laughs> um, read the book. Ray Bradbury is just fantastic. I want to recommend like uh, Martian Chronicles, Something Wicked This Way Comes, The Illustrated Man, but above all, Fahrenheit 451. Yeah. Love it so much. It's I And it came at like a special time to me because at the time I was in college, I wasn't reading like at all. And um, through both my friend, through both Ben and uh, him showing me Rachel Bloom, <laughs> I, I like kind of got interested in Ray Bradbury. And so like the first book I'd read in a while was a book about burning books. So it kind of like stress in like stressing <laughs> me like the importance of having books yeah. and having these stories but yeah um so like Ray Bradbury um I just finished reading uh, a little while ago the uh, His Dark Materials trilogy fantastic I know I'm late to it but <laughs> it is so good um uh I read it right before the movie came out but uh, Little Women um I like it was my first time reading it and it just like shook me so much I loved it so so much um gosh like uh I'm trying to think of like other books that come to mind right away and uh but yeah that those are like the ones that like are recent in my mind and uh I'd say like right now um but yeah like I might come up with more while you're recommending <laughs> some books I'm thinking I'm gonna pull up my Goodreads right now <laughs> so uh, um my favorite book um, is East of Eden by John Steinbeck. Mm -hmm. um, I uh, that book got me through a very really tough time in high school, um, and I just I love the, the central message of the book is that um, there are no such things as the good or bad people that we're defined by the choices we make. Um, so if you want to be a good person, you have to make good choices and do good things. Um, and you know that seems pretty obvious but when you're 17 and going through a lot of shit um, it was pretty revelatory to me I've actually got a my I've got a tattoo of that from East of Eden um, that uh, Jason so kindly accompanied me to the tattoo parlor uh, and gave me emotional support it hurt a lot you did, you did good <laughs> I was very brave um but uh, also just some other books I really love. Uh, I just uh, also just read uh, the first book in the His Dark Materials trilogy, uh, Golden Compass, and I'm going to be reading the rest of them as well. Um, anything by Tennessee Williams, just really, really love, particularly The Glass Menagerie and um, um, A Streetcar Named Desire. I'm also a big Stephen King fan, mm -hmm. um, so in particular, I really love Pet Cemetery, um, Misery. Carrie. Carrie is great, uh, and Carrie's a pretty easy read. Some of his yeah. books can be a little daunting, um, but Carrie's Carrie's a quick one. Um, the Shining is a really good, uh, really the good Shining's book. Shining's great. Um, be very careful. Like uh, one of his most popular books is The Stand, but if if you're anxious about all this coronavirus <laughs> stuff. Maybe, Skip that one. Maybe, like, hold off on that one for a while. Um, 11-22-63 is another one of his that's really good. That's one I wanted to check out. It's very good. Um, and uh, Dr. Sleep. I just read uh, I read Dr. Sleep. I, I very much enjoyed it. I'm not as big a fan of the movie. Yeah. I haven't seen the movie because but, uh, it's on a short wait on yeah, Netflix. But, no, uh, yeah, um, 
the book is really good. I really enjoyed it as yeah. a sequel to The Shining. Um, I'm going to throw out anything by Neil Gaiman, mm-hmm. um, American Gods especially, yeah. but I mean, uh, also a Good Omens, and uh, you can also check out the Amazon Prime uh, Good Omens miniseries, which is a great adaptation. Yeah. Um, and uh, The Time Traveler's Wife. Oh, I love The Time Traveler's Wife. Yes, um, I, that, that book, there are a few books, uh, Little Women being one of them, that actually make me cry when I read them, because um, you know I'm just a stone cold robot. Mm-hmm. Um, nightmare. But uh, I'm gonna call you Dolores Abernathy. Uh-huh. Oh, stone stone hot robot, <laughs> stone cold fox. Um, but uh, yeah, the the end of um, of the time traveler's wife made me like just flat out cry. Um, such a good book. That's really good. Um, I mean, we don't need to say the Harry Potter books because that's kind of just like a given. But yeah, Harry we Potter's love great. the Harry Potter books. Um, yeah, I also I have a lot of books, and I could just keep going, but I'm gonna I'm gonna limit myself. Um, those are some of my favorites. Yeah, but yeah. Um, so yeah, like those are like a bunch of recommendations from us. Like, I I don't know how long this thing's gonna last, but I mean, we gave you a lot of stuff. Yeah. Um, but also, like, feel free to, like, try new stuff. And if you have any recommendations for us, yeah, like, shoot us an email. And, uh, like, Harrison will share with me because uh, I, I think I've lost the oh access information to it. It's buried somewhere in the text messages. <laughs> um, but, yeah, um, just this is a really rough time yeah. for everybody. And uh, we want you to know that, like, even though we have to isolate, we still love all of you. Mm-hmm. And um, if you want us to, like, break quarantine, we're not technically quarantined at this moment, <laughs> but, like, we're trying to self-quarantine, but if you want, like, more episodes like this during, um, during like, during the, uh, during this whole pandemic, like, let us know. Um, you can find us on Booze and Buffy. Like, you can find us on uh, Facebook and Instagram at Booze and Buffy. The and is spelled out, mm-hmm. and uh, our email address is Sorry, we're doing this without our script. Yeah. So like our email address is boozeandbuffy at gmail.com and the and is spelled out. Jason's giving me this information. He's like, he's looking at me and he's got like question mark eyes. You know, I'm, I'm just like, yeah, you, right, you, got right, you got it. Right, right. <laughs> you got it. You got it. I mean, I've read it off enough times. So yeah. <laughs> um, and you know, you know our socials as well if you want to find us there. Um, so our plan is for season three to start uh, uh first episode of season three on april 9th um we'll see um we may we may need to change that but we'll um of course be communicative but yeah we're not we're not we're not done we are just like doing our best to do the social distancing thing mm-hmm. but like i thought this was a good idea and also it was a chance for me to see harrison yeah and i'm delightful yeah as well as like grace and john because they have made cameo appearances uh, in my in this visit, so, uh, but yeah, um, stay strong, stay healthy, mm-hmm. wash your hands, um, stay home if you can, and uh, really just emit positive energy. And as always, stay home and be gay. <laughs> Stop recording. God damn it. <laughs>